0: The world went to hell around the year 2000, which is why Adam and Chad live less than 2000. Like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and continue the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're cool enough, join the show on Patreon for exclusive bonus content, specials, and early access to a longer, uncensored, less than 2,000 experience. And now, Less Than 2,000 with Adam Wince and Chad Bischoff. Less Than 2,000. Now part of the Greenlit Podcast Network.
1: My favorite part about you two on the show is and I've known you both since first grade. So I have known you for a very, very long time. And Adam, you're typically a bit more animated and (laughs) Chad's usually a bit more reserved. And my favorite parts of your show are when that flip-flops and Chad is the one who gets very animated or... Um, almost emotional at points, yes. and and you are the calm voice of reason. It's like, what is happening? I, I, I do fantastic. try to
0: bring a lot of passion. I, I'm I'm not going to lie. I, you know, it's sometimes it's, see. It's more that Adam baits me, and since we have all known each other since first grade, I mean, like wow. put that into perspective. Yes. Way before the time frame of most of the stuff we're talking about, and yes, so
1: sure.
0: you know personally how much adam can bait you yes and get you fired up
1: well and i also know that you in the moment know he's baiting you but you can't help it like (laughs) it's like you know but you're like but i'm going there anyway like this is gonna happen yeah for sure (laughs) i love your show i've watched or listened to your show since it came out i was like your first fan i think yeah and You know was like texting you like oh my god it's so good like i think too it's knowing you too and your dynamic is so outstanding and so it's like brings back uh so many memories but yeah it's you pick great content and so yeah i was pretty excited when you asked me to come talk about my formative um 80s and 90s uh television show so thank you
2: for being our first and and if not our biggest fan Hide for <laughs> biggest fan with one other person. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Carrie. And thanks of for course. coming. And 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 you chose something that debuted in the year that we first met each other, 1987. What did yes. you choose to talk about?
1: Uh, the show Unsolved Mysteries yes. with Robert Stack. Yes. The trench coat, uh, the fog, the music, um, you know the eyebrows. The eyebrow, like, all of his voice, like, I think, you know, the, the other shows competing for Primetime, which, you know, there wasn't a lot of shows at then, was like, Who's the Boss? Ugh. Like, Ugh. like, Moonlighting, you know, this, this was like a show that was, you know, scandalous and terrifying and, um, you know, certainly was not so much when it first came out. I think we were kind of talking about that earlier. Um, I was a little young, but more so middle school, high school. Uh, Definitely had an impact on uh, how I viewed the dangers of the world (laughs) that we were living in. (laughs) Uh, I I seriously, there was a period of time where I was convinced I would be on a milk carton (laughs) or I would be kidnapped. I mean, the 80s was like the glory days of child snatching. Mm. Um, I felt like an alien abduction was highly possible. Oh, yeah. Ghosts. Um, Ghosts, like and you know, then the show introduced me to even more terrible things like spontaneous human combustion. Yeah. I didn't even know that what. So it was like this whole this whole like consortium of um, horrible things that could happen and I, I loved it. I watched it every time it came out. And when that music would start, you know, turn off the lights and
2: So is every, oh, everybody yeah. ready for their, their parts? I don't know. I'm a little
1: nervous
0: here. Oh,
1: my God. The host made yes. that show. Yes.
0: The Just even his slow walk towards the camera. Yes. At all it, times. And he had that sort of blend of like. He was really calm, but he like sucked you in with his intrigue and caution into what he was about to explain to you. It was
1: incredible, because he was part of the scariness, yes, because he was yes. so yes. chill about, like he's in his trench coat and fog is everywhere, and he's in the dark. And I'm like, you know something something could come up behind you. And he's just like, no, like this is fine. i'm gonna I'm gonna guide you through this. Like it was this very different <laughs> take on, like, the twilight zone because he was like with you in this different way mm. like he he didn't know more than you did he was like in you like in it with you so it just felt very um yeah just like creepy at, at every level in this fantastic way that was so new like nobody did things you know the the narrative was always you know even if we told a story we're gonna resolve it for you so it, even if it's scary At the end, you're going to know there's going to be an outcome. And here, it was like we're going to tell you the story, and we're going to have the real people there, and we're going to reenact it with a terrible, terrible quality. Um, But (laughs) at the end, we're going to look at you and say, "It's you have to help us. We don't know. So this This, person, this could be your
0: neighbor. Your neighbor could have been the one that just did this to 20 other people, and you're going, oh God,
1: what? No. And they would, they would, they would, you know, sort of build that up and like. I I was talking to my daughters about this show because it, it, you know, had its kind of uh, rebirth on Netflix with a new version, which is terrible, by the way, in my opinion. Um, And I told them, I said, you know, when you're you're watching the show, yes, part of it was to actually solve the mysteries, but not really. It was to terrify people with things that were unknown or um, unable to, to explain or solve for yes. it. And that was just, that was horrible. I was like, man, that's, that's sick.
0: Yes. <laughs> e- Most other <laughs> like, shows Whoa. wanted to like show you a resolution of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they were like, or they would ask for the help. This just set it up. Hey, we investigated yeah. this and it's messed up. <laughs>
1: like, yes. That's all they did. Like, and we don't know. We have experts here that are also going to tell you that they don't know. Like that was the thing too, is they'd bring on these experts or it'd be like cops or like, paranormal people are like historians and like they're also like I don't know like I'm literally the smartest person in the world about this and I don't know and so you just left every show like wow this is this is terrible like we're all gonna die like it was (laughs) it was that you know kind of a vibe and and that was such a new concept and you know I I I think and then pair
0: that with the trench coat and the slow walk and his voice and you got it
1: well what a great god like Like, think about now, you know, there's Twitter and there's Reddit and there's all these places where people talk about conspiracy theories and you have these, like, big discussions and all of these, like, interesting things. And back then there was none of that. There was, like, seven channels. Yep. And there was, like, hardly any TV shows. And so this was a place where you literally learned things that were horrifying and terrible that you'd never even heard of before. And there was no pretense for it. There was no, like, there was no place to... Discuss it or learn right. it is it the show like you got to watch
2: and then the water cooler the next day or whatever but yeah. what a great fantastic way to Engage the audience and get people interested to have the hotline if you know anything about this call the 800 number mm-hmm. or whatever I mean that was genius for 1987. Yeah. I mean yeah. bro, Way to get your your audience invested and and what about his catchphrase? It was genius the way he would say join me you may be able to help solve a mystery. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you're in on it, you're, you're a character in the show. And like, I watched it every single week thinking yeah. I might actually be able to solve a mystery.
1: It was such a responsibility too. Yeah. He like made it your fault. Like, yeah, yeah right. You guys too. don't help us. We're never gonna yeah. know. Like, it it felt like such a such a pressure. You're like, oh my god. And then you'd walk around and be like, is that? that looks like the guy? Is that the guy? Yeah. Like, and if you know, I don't mean, and
0: if I don't call the number, it's my fault. You know, yes. <laughs> the like, blame I is on me. Let go.
1: Yes, the guy in the Albertsons parking lot. I let him just drive away. I didn't even call anybody. Like, yeah, it was. It was a lot of pressure, you had to pay attention, you had to really be in it. Yeah, for sure, very different than I think anything we'd seen, especially that young. And then, God, I do remember watching, even at a younger age, and, and now I'm like, God, why did my parents like <laughs> let me sit there and watch this
2: it's show? It's funny, my, my dad sat me down, I didn't watch the, the, so it started in 87 with seven specials. They were like yeah. seven little, spe- and then it became a full-on yeah. series in 88 and 28 episodes I think the first season and then it went on to like 35 episode seasons and stuff I mean we're talking almost the majority of the year the show was on running new ones but my dad is the one who said like he knew it was coming out and he sat me and my little sister (laughs) so I would have been six and Kate would have been like three sat us down in front of the TV because he was a huge Robert Stack fan and he kept talking about oh he's the guy from the Untouchables he's Elliot Ness and that's where the trench coat comes from i mean it's a yeah. play on his image from the late 50s early totally. 60s in the black yeah. and white of course that meant nothing to us but right. from the moment that music hits it in the first time you saw it it's like it sucks you right in and i mean talk about a, a mind trip for for a young kid ghosts and aliens and like here's a network you taught not to believe that stuff and now uh-huh. suddenly your dad's sitting you down and watching it on network television with an adult and like acting like it's real and (laughs) legit and it's like yeah
1: you start like being exposed to these these like real world dangers or mysteries or things and and you know some of them were like very frightening they were like child snatched found dead in a field you know seven feet from her house like you know things that were just oh my god and then you know the things that were you know four guys are in a canoe get abducted by aliens and are experimented on for unknown period of time and you know we talked about the low production value and, and, you know, we talked to about that awesome. being a very inexpensive show, but it, it, it didn't make it less scary because our expectations were so low yeah. around. <laughs> well, we, yeah, values. you didn't have
0: expectations cause it was totally new.
1: Well, and the thing that got me was like the reenactments were fine. It was talking to the people yeah. that were there, like hearing sure. from them that was terrifying because you know whether they were directly involved or family member or whatever. Like you were hearing from that person, and that was the thing that really stuck with me. Like, you know, this is being reenacted for our benefit. This person experienced this to some degree, and it just felt very real. Like, and and to your point about reality television, it was kind of like a peek into that yeah, in quasi- this genre. Yeah. Like before that was a thing, because I that was I that would always get me is those are the things that would stay with me. Was you know the words of the people and. You know, just their. You know, I distinctly remember this alien abduction um, episode, and it was four guys, and they were friends. They were not brothers; they were friends. Um, They were out camping. They swore they all saw the same thing. Everything happened the same way. They're in this canoe. They're trying to get away. They get abducted, and they were so animated, like they were almost as if they were back doing it. I believed them. So deeply because I'm like four people who are just friends. They are not related. They have they have nothing to gain from this. In fact, they look like idiots. They are so engrossed in this story. They believe this so much. I'm like, that's, I mean, yeah, maybe that's a thing. Like, that's what would get me was it wasn't actors telling me the story. It was the people and yeah. that made it feel more real.
2: Yeah, totally. Good point. And it was, it was an interesting time that 87, that the mid to late 90, uh, 80s was interesting because that's really when the hype train for the aliens and ghosts kind of really started. Like yes. everything's in a cycle. Mm-hmm. Dan, I heard Dan Aykroyd say once, you know, a hundred years ago, it was fairies. Everybody was seeing fairies. And yes. and then in the eighties, when he did ghostbusters, you know, ghosts were a thing. And then a little later aliens. Now this mm-hmm. probably would have been conceived and in production, at least the seven part series, maybe before this book was released, but the book communion by Whitley Strieber was like a watershed moment for the whole alien thing. That's the book with the gray alien just staring at you that everybody knows that cover. I mean, it it haunts your nightmares. And so that was released in February of 87. So it was like just, it was like part of the culture of the time was the the grays and and UFOs. And uh, they still kind of like called it flying saucers and stuff oh yeah (laughs) the bermuda triangle
1: oh god yes i the bermuda triangle and the the navy planes in the 40s you know they would do a lot of relevant stories but then they would throw back to you know these things that were unexplained along almost to like make you feel like this isn't new like this has been around you forever you just didn't know it like that's not super creepy well roswell was from the 40s yeah like just giving you this new look at something like we now have the technology and the ability to talk about these things that happened or whatever like i that was so fascinating to me like the the crime stuff was scary for sure but the stuff that i really kind of gravitated towards was that and i swear to you like that show gave birth to this whole generation and group of conspiracy theorists in this way that (laughs) like that, that kind of kicked it off, I think, or at least validated in those early formative years for some of those people that like- 100%. Yes.
0: And now, and now 100%. 20 years later, we don't trust a thing. We're like, nope, no, nope, there's another angle here.
1: Yeah. And it really like, I think too, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, the, the, the actual cases it solved were not many. I think it, I, I actually looked it up, like I was curious today and it's not a lot. No, hold um, on.
0: So, so I want to put the, before you give that number- Ooh, I yes. want to put this into perspective really quick, because the show started in '87 and ran till 2010. Now mm-hmm. well, I was there were taking off an, years
2: there. Well, there I was mean, off years. Yeah,
0: but but let's just let's just focus on the fact that there were probably roughly, since there was more than 24 episodes, there's probably about plus or minus 500 episodes, mm-hmm. and it usually wasn't one case. There were two three four four cases per episode so we're Mm -hmm. talking thousands of crimes and conspiracies that needed to be solved like my first thought is how the hell is the world that messed up like how Uh can these people find that many stories on a consistent basis but, but I mean, now they, they were going know. back in
2: time and stuff, too. They weren't just like, no, I know, this wasn't I know, I, know, I know, week, But that's but,
0: still a ton. That's still a ton. Even if you lot. went 50 years, that's still a ton of stories. However, these were unsolved mysteries. So, Carrie, what did you find for us?
1: So How many were wanna, solved? So, before I say it, I just want to qualify that some of these things were not solvable, right? Because they were more, this happened, like um like the ghost ship that they said they you know they found this ship that had passengers the ship you know crash off sounds I like ghostbusters too. exactly <laughs> and then people would report seeing it or there's you know the woman that died on the east coast and they call her like bloody mary or something and she will be you know on the side of the road and people can pick her up and put her in the car or whatever so some of them weren't necessarily crimes to solve they were sure. more things that happened but Um, They did find 50 former missing children that were identified. Doesn't mean they were all returned, reunited, but they were at least identified. Um, There was six other cases that were solved, like definitively solved, and they were very random. Um, My favorite one was um, a mother from 1991. Her name was Patricia Stahl. She was accused of murdering her son with poison. Wow! And some specialist in um, biology or something of that nature found this chromosome that he had that made his death look like it was that. So she wow. was acquitted. Wow. Yes. Crazy.
0: Wow. No,
2: crazy. That's cool. Wrongful convictions was... are just nuts. I mean, I love well, hearing about people so... getting off after 25 years or whatever.
1: Well, and this was so crazy because, I mean, it was just, like, sh- like he was poisoned. Yeah. Like it, the evidence was this kid was poisoned. And so it's just this rare chromosome that that's, Insane. that's how it comes across. So crazy. So, so random. Um, There was an adopted child who found their birth parents, um, adopted as an infant right after birth, 37 years old, found their parents. Um, There was a woman who had amnesia that was identified. Um, She had some psychiatric issues and ended up in a psychiatric ward for the rest of her life after they figured out who she was. Um, there was a grandfather <laughs> that who- That kind of Yeah, know, solved. Right? Bye. Like, solved, but not good. It's not a good ending. Like sad ending. That's not a- po- This has no
0: positive spin. <laughs> yeah, all. no,
1: no, so, like warm and fuzzy in that one. Um, there was a grandfather who was missing, never could figure out what happened to him. He was found in the trunk of a car um, and identified. So again, not like like it was solved, but it wasn't like a great ending. Um, and then there was this one was was really kind of crazy too there was a an abducted child it was an infant the mother was was shot and killed and two women were seen fleeing the scene and Hmm. the child ended up being raised about two miles away from that home for a period of time before she was identified as the kidnapper and this was not her child wow so yeah so that that was the resolution that we (laughs)
2: Your stats are way more involved than the ones I found. The ones I found were were on another website, but they supposedly came from the Unsolved Mysteries website. And so, of course, it's a little bit of an advertisement to it. Those are great stats and stories, by the way. But this is according to the Unsolved Mysteries website. They they caught over half of the wanted fugitives. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. 100 Mm -hmm. families reunited with missing persons. Mm-hmm. and seven wrongful convictions overturned
1: overturned yeah yeah and i this i think my stats came from the robert stack era so that sure. that was specifically what i pulled from that's all yeah, that matters it really is the rest like good for those people but really the robert stack episodes no i i think um I, obviously the show was meant to be entertainment in a very specific way but i do think it had some positive outcomes for some of these people and the other very positive outcome that we we got from this show was Matthew McConaughey uh, had his first his first acting debut on the show, and I'm not gonna what? lie. remember shut yes, the hell okay. up! I, I, no, okay,
0: sure. yes. clearly my notes and, didn't go deep enough because I said they never had good actors. That was a note oh, yes. I wanted to say, literally. So, so bad they never had good actors Matthew 1992 McConaughey.
1: 1992 oh. he played this guy named larry and he was at, larry bell i think was his name and or no his name was larry the guy that killed him was was named edward bell he was mowing his mother's yard and noticed this van pull up and it looked sketchy around some little kids so he confronted the guy and the guy came and shot him and killed him jesus and i i I went and watched the clip, mm-hmm. and I swear to God, I had a flashback. I remembered he was so good in this clip. Like as he's dying, it was so dramatic and so like, oh my God! Like that, you can just feel this pain, and this this man is like trying to do the right thing. Wow! And recently, he was interviewed about it, and he said that they did find the guy nice that killed his character. So he was like,
0: <laughs> "There See? you go, like, that's cool." And you're, and you're telling me that this cool? was before. Dazed and Confused, yeah. This was, it was, it
1: was in 1992, yeah. that's when it aired, and it was legitimately his first acting gig. It's crazy. Yeah, Dazed and, Con- I,
2: it's- Dazed and Confused was maybe
1: 95,
2: I wanna say? Fact check.
1: Dazed and Confused was actually released on September 24th of 1993.
2: Hello everyone, we're Superhero Stuff You Should Know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know for all your superhero needs. Uh, I I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Alright, so come on down to... Wait, why did I say come on down? To Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Video Death loop is a podcast where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore along the way we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy you can jump in on any episode no need to worry about continuity check out video death loop on the greenlit podcast network with new episodes every friday
1: he was in i think the axe murderer movie there was another one he was in i think before Days and confused but no this and he He's, like, mowing his mom's with yard his shirt with, off? like, one of those... With his shirt yeah, off? Yeah, of Like, course. actually, I I think it was just unbuttoned. But, yeah, he totally had, you know, the abs and everything. It was very classic McConaughey. Did he say, all yeah. right, all
2: right, all right? I mean, did he work that in anywhere?
1: <gasps> I don't even know if he had dialogue. Like, it was so... <laughs> Like it was just such a strange, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, because I did the same thing, Chad. I wanted to know. Like, did this did this, you know, create any Academy Award winners? It it created Matthew McConaughey. It did. It
0: created Matthew McConaughey. The the names I found. People were like, that death scene was brilliant. Let's get you a better agent. You're going places. Yeah. Out of
2: Texas. The names I found were not nearly as recognizable as Matthew McConaughey. Reggie White. The football star for the Eagles. Yes, yes.
1: Because his wasn't it like Reggie White played for um, the Packers too. He didn't he have a sibling, die or cousin or wasn't I'm it not a family familiar sibling? with
2: the episode. I, I, I just, think it was. You're the you are <laughs> I, the expert. You are totally an unsolved mysteries yeah, expert. We're on, we're you. on your show too. <laughs> yeah, <Gary>. seriously. <laughs> we're I mean, here for for the ride. Henry Rollins was another one of yes. them from Rollins band. And Bon Jovi was on not as an actor, but like his manager's daughter was abducted or something? Yeah. Killed? Killed, I think.
1: Yeah. So so do you remember, God, what was her name? The author of I Know What You Did Last Summer. I don't
2: know. Do you remember?
1: She was, oh God, she was like very, very popular during that time. Her daughter got abducted. Mm. Like Mm. there was some very strange, because she was on the show as same as like Bon Jovi as like a. Narrating her story or talking about her story. God, what was her name? I'll have to find it But she yeah, she wrote like horror books Mm. like she wrote thrillers and then her own daughter gets abducted I mean, yeah, like that that show so so five
2: hundred something episodes we think and four name actors, four name people.
1: I know, I know.
0: <laughs> well, let's be honest. You're not really. You don't usually find top notch talent on on two more musicians on and mysteries. one's a football player. Like, <laughs> so, so I went back because you know I had I had to watch. I wanted to watch a few episodes for that. So I went. I kind of looked at like kind of a list, and I wanted to find something that was in that sort of like you know 91 92 93 range and i watched episode 5 i mean uh, uh, season 5 episode 18 which i believe was the 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 decker episode where it was raining in the house do you guys remember that episode at yes all? right yes yes i do yes and i'm sitting there and it's like the police come in and they're like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? And then they're amazed. And then they get the police <laughs> yeah. chief. And and, and literally, the, it's just following. Then they, then the the guy leaves who had gotten out of prison. And then it starts raining in the yeah. restaurant. And he's causing it. And he's possessed by the devil. And, what, and they yes. put the cross on him. It
1: burns. Yes. It was the poltergeist. It yes. was like. It was this introduction to, like, I'm telling you, this show, I was like, oh, my God, like, now we have to worry about that? Like, it just kept bringing in new terrors that Correct. you had never heard of before.
0: And it was fascinating. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I want to believe every aspect of that. And then a few episodes earlier was, like, the the guy in the woods with the UFO that had the burns yeah. on his stomach. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. Like oh, episode yeah. Episode eight. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I couldn't help but sit here and go... I love the show. How many of these do you guys think are completely <laughs> fake? Like, hmm. let's that, be honest.
1: That one, I will say, probably probably a lot. Or the people coming forward with the stories maybe are a little kooky, but that one actually is pretty well documented. Like they- I do Which one? Think the, the, the ones the, on the
0: stomach? The burns? No, or the, 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 the No, rain? the raining house. Hmm. Yeah, oh, I, think I, was gonna, I thought you'd say the opposite.
1: No, no, that one, um, that one actually uh, was very well documented. Same with like the, the ghost ship in British Columbia. That was very widely doc- over a long period of time. And sure. the the woman I was talking about that cars would drive by and she was a hitchhiker. They would pick her up. That was well documented. So there was several that I think, probably not all, but I do think they tried to choose things that were either obviously you know true crime or you know relevant things or something that they had quite a bit of um at least feedback, maybe you couldn't qualify all of it, but they at least had, you know Sure. Like the the one and I think I mentioned this at the beginning. The one that completely blew my mind was the spontaneous combustion episode. Tell me about because that. Because that was like like what? Like they had two two or three cases of it actually. The the first one you and it's been retold multiple times, but the man who burned up in his chair and the only thing that was left of him was like his foot, but there was no what? no burning anywhere else around him. I so, think like, I remember rep- one about a barn. I I don't think that was on this show. Okay. At least I don't remember that one. It could have been with mm-hmm. that many episodes. But it was like his story and they're showing photos of like this charred chair and everything else around it is fine. And then like a foot. Flip- <laughs> the spontaneous
2: combustion that is where I learned about it too and I was terrified of it and it's funny because like it's so passe now like I know like that doesn't even enter into my mind it's like whatever but at the time yes I was terrified by it like I could just burn up suddenly like what am I the drummer from spinal tap or something
1: but the critical thing though you guys is that this was that point right before phones and this like idea of having a camera on your person all the time was a thing Mm -hmm. so like when people did have like like their camcorder footage of like lights floating you're like well like oh my god like that's (laughs) got to be real (laughs) clearly that's
2: real yes
1: well now you know we and adam you and i talked about this last night like now you can deep fake anything Mm -hmm. like now that show would never hold up now on any of the paranormal things because you could just be like, oh my God, that's be so easy to fake and not just fake, but make it look so, so realistic. Like this show is at a time when our access to information was limited. Yes. We we didn't have, you know, people telling us through, you know, constant streams of information. We didn't have the internet to go Google something. We didn't have, you know, all of these images and videos and things that we could we could prove that this something was happening. It was like you kind of just had. To go into this and have some faith that these people were telling you this story and that it was real. And God, what yeah. does that mean if this is real and this can happen? And that's the thing I think that that, that show, that was the magic of that show was right. the timing of it and just the way that it scared you in these completely audacious ways that you just couldn't see coming. And that that's something that's hard to do these days, I think.
2: It just, it just, just like all shows, it got stale after a certain point. I mean, it ran from 87 and the numbers didn't start slipping till 94, 95 season. So you yeah, had okay. what, seven years or whatever, where it was 15 million viewers who, for 35 episodes that they could yeah. lock in to a strip show every <laughs> Sunday night or, or whatever. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's it, so, it,
0: it, such huge numbers.
2: And so it, it, it just got a little old. I don't know how much of it had to do with sort of the shift in format to the more reality-based. I really think they shifted the format to more reality-based definitely when they got to Lifetime. Later, and I never watched it on Lifetime. I don't even remember it being on CBS. So it started. It started as I'll I'll do my boring, you know, historical thing that I always (laughs) got my Adam's obligatory historical (laughs) lesson about this. In '87, it started as a seven-episode like special, and the original host was Ironside, and 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 was Perry Mason. I mean, yeah. that that was the, the actor that did it, and then somebody else, and then Robert Stack did the last few, and then they decided to go with him. So then it started mm-hmm. running from 88 to 97 as a full series on NBC, and those were the, the glory years. It started mm-hmm. going down a little bit, and then they, they ended up canceling it. CBS picked it up, 97 mm-hmm. through 99, and they gave him a co-host. The co-host was Virginia Madsen. I know her as Princess Irulan from David Lynch's Dune. You, Chad, as a post-2000 guy, would know her from Sideways.
1: (gasps) Oh, yeah. I legit remember certain episodes keeping me up at night, Mm. like not being able to sleep because it bothered me on some level. Either it was really sad and tragic, or it was like so unexplainable that I'm like, oh my gosh, this could happen. It it really kind of got into my psyche. And I I believe to this day that my fascination with true crime and I love docu-series and I love that really came from that early on. And I, it's the craziest thing. Like I, I love those shows and that's the only, I I work in no way in any profession that is in any way involved with any of those things. I, (laughs) there's no reason for me to be, it's just kind of always been fascinating to me and I am not, not Nancy Drew. I cannot solve crimes. But I like to watch it, and it really did come from the show. And I think you know your point about the host and the vibe and all of the things. Like they just created something really special in a time when we didn't know we needed it, but we I think we kind of did. And I think it made it special for its time frame and for for us getting to be that audience that got to be a part of it.
0: Couldn't couldn't agree more. Like I, I don't know you where gave, to go. She from gave there. us the ending right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, <that's- laughs>
1: Lots to unpack here with the famous person portion of the podcast. First and foremost, Reggie White was on an episode about the church where he was pastor that was burnt down in 1987. And while he played for the Eagles, he actually won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers in 1996. The Henry Rollins episode revolved around the murder of his best friend, Joe Cole who was brutally executed on December 19th, 1991 in Los Angeles after a night out at famed venue Whiskey Go-Go. A home robbery went bad. Rollins was also shot at, but the two murders missed him and then fled the scene with $50. The Bon Jovi episode revolved around his tour manager's daughter, Catherine Erin Corzilius, who was kidnapped and died under mysterious circumstances on August 7th of 1996. The famous author, who I could not remember during the episode, is Lois Duncan. Her 18-year-old daughter, Caitlin Arquette, was killed on july 16 eighty nine under extremely mysterious circumstances. The family is convinced that her then boyfriend was involved, but it has yet to be proven. Ah yes, spontaneous human combustion. The foot case was actually the same case as the Florida case that I described. On july second of nineteen fifty one, an apartment manager approached Mary Reeser's apartment to drop off some mail. When she touched the doorknob it was hot. So she called it the fire department. And when they entered the apartment it was warm. But Reeser had been completely consumed by fire in her chair, and all that remained was her foot. The remainder of her apartment remained intact and unburned. In addition to her slippered foot, there was a piece of her spine and her shrunken burned skull, but everything else was simply ash. Fun fact, in the early 90s, an hour-long scripted drama cost about $1.5 million per episode. Unsolved Mysteries, however, could be made for 25 to 40% of that cost. So I ask you... If you're the president of NBC Entertainment, which show are you going to buy? The one that costs $375,000 to make and finishes 11th in overall ratings, or one that costs $1.5 million to make and finishes 40th?